0: welcome to the Highlander cast. Uh, I'm your first host, Vance. With me, as usual, is Sarv. Hello, everyone. Uh, and this week, we're going to be doing a slightly unusual episode. Um, we're going to be going through dogs and dog-like creatures uh, that are Highlander playable, or that we just wanted to discuss, uh, because Sarv's dog, Leopold, has had a bit of a rough couple of weeks, and Sarv's mental energy has been slightly taxed.
1: Yep, that's true. Uh, So the the good news is Leopold is doing very well now. Um, He's recovering from some very major surgeries, a a series of surgeries, and uh, he's really coming back to his old self bit by bit. He's getting kind of weaned off some of the really strong drugs. Um, But that's taken pretty much all of my mental energy for the last last couple of weeks. So uh, apologies to uh, all of the Highlander community for being out of the loop. I did manage to read and like uh, my very first, uh, first post uh, in the Highlander group just today, I think it was, and it was uh, Angus's um, Bluebell uh, uh, series. Uh, Bluebell blue Open? Yeah, Bluebell Open. Yeah, I saw that what thought, this is fantastic. So this is, uh, being, being unable to really kind of think about Highlander for uh, pretty much three plus weeks has been a, a first for me, pretty much. But the good news is uh, Leopold is doing very well. Um, he's he's on the road to recovery. Uh, he's, he's able to take five-minute walks uh, here and there, which is really, really nice. Um, he gets to sit out in the sun now because he's been discharged from hospital. He's now recovering at home. Um, and luckily, right now, my partner has uh, taken him off to the vet. Not lucky for him, obviously. Any vet checkups are never fun for a doggo, but uh, he's out of the house at the moment, so he's not uh, balking in the background. But uh, he might be home at some point during this episode, and if he is, uh, we'll see if he makes any noises. He's been quite quiet recently. Obviously, uh, uh, he's been quite sleepy, so um, yeah, probably probably a bit sore and tired. Yeah, um, but he's a good boy. So I think this episode is going to be the good boy episode, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Look, so uh, we were going to just do Highlander dogs, and then we looked. I, or I looked at the list of available uh, creatures to talk about, and there are very few cards that you could describe as even remotely close to Highlander playable with a creature-type dog. Um, <laughs> but there are, some, there are some closely related things. Um, so the first thing we're not going to talk about uh, is cats, because as Old Deuteronomy will tell you in Cats in a very confusing song, cats are not dogs. And I mean, you can't fault that logic. Um, <laughs> There's a lot thing, of things on this list that aren't dogs either But uh, there, there are other they, that they're dog-like, you know, they're canine so We're also going to talk about um, some jackals, which are, you know, dog-looking uh, And some wolves, <laughs> which are from a related family And, you know, well, you'll, you'll get it as we go um, But first, let's start with uh, some actual dogs uh, So uh, the first one is, is Maru, Hound of Conda.
1: Yeah, Isamaru is a white one-drop that is a 2-2 and is legendary. So it just has nothing but flavor text. Um, And Isamaru has some great background, obviously, in the story. But the main thing is legendary really means nothing when you're in Highlander. So for all intents and purposes, this is just a strong one-drop in white-based decks, right? One mana, 2-2.
0: Yeah, it's really good. It's in circumstances where a lot of people are playing Caracas, you can get a little bit, um, you know... Ooh, uh, hosed point. but it's not you know good luck to them basically like whatever
1: um great. did you know that isn't it interesting to see that uh isamaru because because isamaru is so cool um that the stat line is better than a lion you know like an alpha yeah, beta right. unlimited lion <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's on tough doggo
0: So the so the next two we'll kind of talk about uh, as a pair um, because they are drawback dogs. Um,
1: Nice. The first. So so we've got uh,
0: Jackal Pop as our first one, which is one red for a two one. um, Which whenever it gets damaged. you take that damage as well, uh, and Wild Dogs, which is uh, one green for a two one. It's got Cycling Two, which all sounds great so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the beginning of your upkeep, if you have less life than your opponent, they get it. So it's not. The I remember most loyal of dogs.
1: Oh, it is. It is <laughs> definitely not a loyal hound. There, uh, the I remember Wild Dogs playing this in uh, in high school and playing it uh, in multiplayer. Yeah, yeah. Just it was always like, oh, it's a one-drop. Yeah, one drop. Play this this one minor two one. And it was just bouncing around the table continuously, just the you know, throughout the course of the game.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, both
1: of these
0: are I think actually Jackal Pops is probably still Highlander playable. Wild Dogs isn't anymore. Um, but I have played both of these cards in Highlander. Um because back in the day, the the quality of green well, I mean the quality of one drops in general was terrible terrible the quality Mm. of green one drops in particular was just hilariously bad like you had wild dogs gazban ogre which is the same but it's just always a 2-2 and you can't cycle it um Mm -hmm. uh, the um matenda lions which your opponent can just prevent the damage from by playing a blue mana um when jungle Mm -hmm. lion was printed which was a one mana 2-1 that can't block or can't intercept if you yeah that's right
1: cannot intercept um (laughs) <laughs> that card was so good. But yeah, so um another. I, like green... it. I know there's a lot of a lot of in in these cases, whenever we talk about these kind of flashback, you know, throwback cards, there's strictly better versions of them. You know, the Jackal Pup has a variety of different you know, in some ways strictly better, you know, there's like a satyr that can be pumped and all this kind of thing thing. But at the end of the day, you can't get strictly better than a doggo, right? Like this well, is Well it's true. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Um
0: Creature type can matter in, in these uh, conversations.
1: Um. <laughs> so next up we have uh, Wild Mongrel. So w- Wild Mongrel, it's a, it's a bear, essentially, but it's actually a dog. Uh, it's a two mana, so green and a colorless for a 2-2. And it has this weird ability where you can just discard a card, give it plus one, plus one until end of turn, and just randomly its color changes as well. It's That wasn't...
0: Random. That was relevant well, at the time. It was, was super it? relevant because okay, th- this was back in the era where uh, basically every black removal spell was some kind of terror variant oh, and couldn't wow. kill black creatures. Like oh, that's the, the really vast relevant. majority of removal couldn't kill black creatures, um, and red removal couldn't kill it because it would just you know get bigger. Um, in general. Uh, so, this was for a long time, a really long time, the undisputed king of the green two-drops. Green, oh, green wow. doesn't is... have... Like, green has two... We were talking about this on the Discord the other day. Green has two incredible uh, two-drops um, in Skuz and Tamagrove. But there's a bit of a cliff after that because, um, you know, if, if you were put on the spot of, like, what's the third best green two-drop, you're just like... Uh,
1: yeah, you're like, oh, Wave Scavenging is, uh... Hooting Mandrills, that's kind of a two-drop, right? No, <laughs> not really. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, and there's lots of options which are decent, but there's very few that... Uh, I mean, there's none that come even close to that. But Wild Mungle is a card that, um back in the day, was a dominant powerhouse in Standard. Um It was in, you know, one of the best decks at the time. In the... It was in, obviously mm. a linchpin of the blue-green madness deck, but it was also in all of the red-green decks of the, that era. Um, yeah, how the mighty have fallen.
1: I definitely remember, uh, you know, I wasn't playing competitive Magic at the time, but I remember reading articles kind of around shortly after that period, and people talking about how incredibly powerful Wild Mongrel is. It was in cubes. It was it was kind of all over the place, and I did, didn't understand it until I started reading about the actual metagame. And and it just goes to show how important abilities are not in a vacuum. You need to evaluate them in a metagame. So um, I really like... Speaking of wild mongrels, uh, Leopold just came home. So he got uh, carried in by my partner. He's he's getting five-star service at the moment because he can't really uh, move around effectively uh, with his injuries. But he got carried up the stairs, carried in, and then placed straight into his bed. And he is lapping up the cuddles. He is getting pats right now, so... He's very quiet, so you won't hear him on the on the recording. But he's looking very cute over there, our little wild mongrel. <laughs> Speaking of good doggos, uh, there is another very, very good and very powerful doggo here, Kunarus uh, the hound or hound of Athreos. So this is the god Athreos's uh, equivalent of Cerberus in in this mythos. Um, so, Kunaros is a 3-minor three 3-3. Three three. It's black, white, and a colorless for a legendary creature. Dog, actually. Uh, vigilance, Menace, Lifelink. One for each of the heads, I assume. And yeah, sure. creature cards in graveyards can't enter the battlefield. Players can't cast spells from graveyards. Have you had success playing this card?
0: I haven't, but my first question is, if only one of the heads has Vigilance, do the other two get
1: tapped? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, maybe, maybe they're getting pats at the time. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Oh, look, I haven't, uh, and I haven't seen a
0: lot, but um, this came out in Theros Beyond Death in January, mm-hmm.
1: um, and there's not been a lot of paper events since then. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of um, miss, missed out on seeing any data just yet. Yeah, uh, there, I know there's that there's in... a deck
0: that um, I think is a really strong deck that doesn't get played a lot which is just you know black white um disruption and hate bears kind of creatures mm. um this is great in um it's just my partner can absolutely
1: attest to that because she's she's been brewing this black white hate bears deck uh, yeah. and it was pretty much kind of a shoe in just kind of went straight in straight yeah, into the yeah. deck kind of no no real thought about it um and the, each of those kind of lines of text is relevant against something you're playing against you know so like if you're playing against uh, a pod deck then the middle line of text really really important if you're uh playing against a uh uh you know creature race you know kind of the creature mirror type of deck then the first lines of text vigilance and lifelink absolutely amazing and in in highlander menace is Really, really deceptively good against uh, control decks. Just yeah, that's right. So hard they just can't, you know, snapcast uh chump this or you know they have to put their young pyromancer and a token to yeah, block it, right. hope to trade with it, and then you the you know, swords to plowshares or something, and just get blown out. So oh, yeah. yeah, I really, really like Kunaros. So and our, our next um, packet
0: of dogs. Or pack of dogs, maybe,
1: marks. is is what we'd be going with. The next pack is uh, the the jackal based, <laughs> yeah, the the jackal based ones.
0: Um, and obviously there are, you know, again, as always with our list, there are other other dogs are available. Um, but these are just the ones that sort of stuck out to us. And if you think of any that we uh, haven't covered, let us know. But yeah, so mm-hmm. we've got the jackals. So the first one is Dread Wanderer. So Dread Wanderer is one of these creatures in a long line of uh black two power one drops that are annoyingly difficult to kill so it's uh i don't actually have its text in front of me but i think it's something like mm-hmm. two one for a black uh comes into play tapped or can't block i can never remember which one this one has They're
1: basically the same thing right like yeah. all of the, yeah. that cycle of uh you know returns from the graveyard in some kind of way uh critters for you know black red aggro or something they, they all kind of either have can't block or comes into play tapped Yes. Um, I've looked it up, so it, it
0: does indeed come into play tapped. Um, okay. And then you can play two and a black to return it to the battlefield um, if you're heck bent. <laughs> <laughs> so... I
1: mean, and, and so for those just... who don't know about heck bent, it's that it's the uh, colloquial reference to Hellbent being completely empty, so you have no cards in hand, and Heckbent being when you've, so you've got just one, one card or yeah. no cards in hand. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> which right. came out that 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 mechanic came out in that Armageddon block, didn't it, or, or was it earlier than that? Um, not sure. Certainly, there's a bunch of cards in Armageddon that have it. I
0: can't think of any
1: earlier ones, but um, mm. they probably exist.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, um, I, really, I think Dread Wanderer is, you know, super playable. Oh, it's, yeah. It sees so much play in, you know, the black-red uh, decks. And any time you're building a, um, you know, an aggro deck or something like that, you... You look at the packages you can put into it, and black is the cut is the colour that offers the recursive creatures package. Yeah. and yeah. they're so good with skull clamp. They're good at pushing damage. They're good at going wide. Uh, they're good at being flung in some kind of way at your yeah. opponent's face. And dread wanderer is just uh, the best doggo of them all of yeah. uh, of that that category. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. So the other two are both Kenra based. Uh, so there's Resilient Kenra and Earthshaker Kenra. They're both two mana creatures, a green and a colourless for a Resilient and a red and a colourless for Earthshaker. Um, they both have two power, essentially, which keys into the, the ability that they have. Um, but the key factor is, aside from their uh, little triggered ability, they both have Eternalize and they both cost six to Eternalize. They come back as four fours. Now, Resilient Kenra, whenever it can't, enters the battlefield, gives, gives plus... X plus X equal to its power to a creature. And Earthshaker makes something unable to block from memory. Is that right? Yeah, and has haste. And has haste. So both of them do similar things, which is uh, they come down early, they pressure your opponent in some kind of way, or they manage to uh, find a way to get through blockers in some way, and then they just prevent flood Either in the late game you go okay look I've, I've flooded but I've got something amazing to do with that mana which is play a 4-4 which pumps my little elf or something or pumps my little critter and gets it through and then is a 4-4 next turn yeah. um, or has haste and just says this is really really hard to block right, and a bunch of bunch of my armies are hard to block yeah for sure
0: resilient kenra is just a shade not good enough uh, in the times I've tried it um mm-hmm. Like, it needs a keyword or something. You know, if it had Trample, maybe, or something Mm. like that. Um, Whereas Earthshaker Kenra is one of those cards that if you're in a red aggressive deck and you're not playing it, uh, you should probably strongly consider it because it's really, really good. Mm. Um, Like, I'm playing it when I play Zoo, and one of the most fun things to do is go, like, you know, turn one, one drop. Turn two, two, one drops. Turn three, Earthshaker Kenra, making their, Mm. you know... Whatever, unable to block, attack for eight. Um, yeah, that's that's the game. Nearly always, like, it's very hard for people to recover from that kind of um, setback.
1: Yeah, it looks looks lackluster on the surface because it looks like a two-one with haste. Oh, you know, this isn't going to get through. But that um that can't block. You know, for one particular key turn is so uh, critical, and it often just shocks the face. You know, yeah, shocks oh, the yeah. face, and then it sticks around as a two-one. And then it sticks around later on as a four four. I, I think it's quite good. I mean, I have
0: well. not, I've not eternalized it a lot, but I am, you know, usually playing it in zoo. Whereas, where if I get to the point where I have six mana, probably bad. Uh, yep, <laughs> <laughs> that's reasonable. <laughs> so our next uh, pack is uh, wolves and wolves are canines, more or less. Kind of. Yeah, we'll
1: we'll we'll keep them. They they they're like lupi, some kind of family along that line but look they're related enough that they can be called good boys for the purpose of this episode yeah um and some of them are very good boys um Mm
0: -hmm. there's actually less highlander playable just wolves than i thought um
1: because yeah when you think of that creature type you you kind of think there should be heaps of them right Yeah, but actually there's probably summed it up to four you know good good examples of the things that you can do with wolves uh oh, but again it's a you... bit of a stretch <laughs> yeah some of them are a stretch or some of them are a bit dated but if you do think that there are others then let us know there's probably other um you know wolves out there uh yeah. so the first one is night pack ambusher this is this is the four mana uh mono green one right yeah because i can remember that off the top of my head so uh if, it, if that's the one it's um four mana four four with flash and it uh, is green, green, two colourless. And from memory, if you haven't played a spell, uh, if you haven't like cast something by the end of your turn, at the end of your turn it triggers and it puts a 2-2 wolf into play. But its static ability is that all wolves you control get plus one, plus one, other than it. So you're kind of making three threes if you are able to protect it. Um, it's really cool. I, I have um, definitely considered it often as a card to put into uh, rug control variants where you know you just want you want uh, you know like you often want a slayer, right where you go there this is a card that is my finisher and I want to just kind of close the game and uh, I don't want to have many of them I just want to have one or two of these and Nightpack Ambusher fits quite well into that slot. You just go end of their turn whenever it's safe to do so, flash it in, go to your turn, don't do anything, pass a turn, make a token, have your miner up to counter something or, you know, some in some way interact. If they deal with it, you've got a 2 2 that stuck around afterwards and it was flash based, so it didn't impact on your ability to play a control game. Um, the The main reason that I haven't actually had a chance to play it much is because questing beast exists (laughs) and yeah when you look at your four drops and you're like oh i wanted a bane slayer angel oh wait a second questing beast is like the best one of these kind of type uh you know abilities uh slots but i do think that my night pack ambusher is is a good candidate for a a deck if someone wanted to play it
0: i was playing it for a while in dino bots um i think that was in the period between when it was printed and when the questing beast was printed. Mm,
1: mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and then you kind of went, oh, okay. This one, it is we can't really call it a good, good boy, like, but it's a pretty good card. In
0: in Highlander, um, I think it would be better in a deck that had blue cards than in the deck I was playing, um, because then you can take more advantage of the flash, whereas in my deck it was more just kind of pseudo-haste. Um, but it is very good, Mike. It's very good. Uh, now, Watchwolf is a card that used to get a lot of play and is now kind of my bar for uh, things that are better than that are worth considering and things that are a, its quality or worse aren't um, in you know, aggressive green-white decks. Um, it's a green and a white, and it's a 3-3, and that's 100% of the text available.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, it's probably got some sweet, sweet flavor text somewhere.
0: Oh, I'm sure there are versions with sweet flavor text. But these days there are... (laughs) Ravnica based flavor text. These days there are multiple different cards that are strictly better other than, you know, again, not being dogs. um, uh, That I think might all be cats. Um, Mm. A bit of controversy there. Um,
1: That's awkward. (laughs) So Watch Watch Wolf does have flavor text. Uh, It says, only in Ravnica do the wolves watch the flock cool you know whenever whenever you see sure, Flame text from Ravnica it's always just cool <laughs> Yeah, because um, yeah there's there's the
0: lion that gets monstrously indestructible from original Theros and I think there's another lion that might be from new Theros that mm-hmm. can become indestructible and when it dies it becomes an aura that makes things indestructible yeah. or something
1: yes uh, yes that's alright next up we have uh, Wicked Wolf now, Wicked Wolf I was going to say it's a good boy. It's definitely not a bad boy because it does some really, really cool things. Uh, it's <laughs> the it's, uh, same mana cost night as Nightpack night Ambusher, uh, which is four mana, uh, two and two green. For a creature wolf, it's a 3-3. Three, three. When it enters the battlefield, it fights up to one target creature you don't control. So if that's all of its text, which in general for Highlander, that will be all of its text, it would generally be a four mana 3-3 three, three that kills a 2-2. Uh, which is, you know, that's that's kind of flame tongue kavu esque, but not as good. Um, however, if you're able to incorporate food synergies, it has sacrifice of food, put a plus one plus one counter on Wicked Wolf. It gains indestructible until end of turn. Tap it. Uh, that line of text just makes the card so amazing in Standard. Uh, but making food in Highlander, unless you are playing. Playing the one most important food-based card in Highlander, I mean, uh, you'll find it really, really hard. There's to two do. very good food-based cards in Highlander. Are oh, there? Is there a one that's not not Oco? Yeah, um, goose is quite good. Oh, the goose. Actually, no, that's a good point. If you're playing Oco and the goose, maybe Wicked Wolf isn't include for your you know uh, mid-range uh, green deck. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's one of those cards that's worth sort of keeping
0: in your mind because I think it's hmm. not right now, but Food is a mechanic that worked well enough that you'd have to imagine wizards are planning to go back to it. Um, That's true. If they can, you know, scrub everyone's uh, remembered associations
1: with Oko. Um, (laughs) It was a really good, really, really good mechanic because it was just so great in the limited format. I kind of hated what it did to that limited format. Oh, Um, interesting.
0: In that it just made it so that you couldn't be. I mean, look. There is no surprise to anyone that I like playing aggressive decks, even in limited, yeah. although <laughs> obviously aggressive decks tend to be not um, as good in a lot of limited formats. But food is just a mechanic that kind of slows the game down into a grind by its very mm-hmm. nature. Unlike clues, which propel the game forward, food kind of slows the game back down. Um, Interesting. And yeah. So I guess I, I like yeah, clues that just makes... way more than
1: I like food. Um, yeah and you can race clues you can't race food and i mean there are definitely times where you can make aggressive decks in Eldrain and, and you could try and race the food and by the time they're cracking their food tokens you're still progressing the game oh, look, you, you absolutely the board, but it was can. hard yeah it was definitely hard
0: yeah um it punished stumbles from aggressive decks pretty hard
1: mm. oh absolutely
0: um and and the last one we've got in the wolf category um is witch stalker which is I just went into scryfall and started, you know, uh, scryfalling up lists of cards. And this is one that I vaguely remember people being excited about when it came out. Has seen mm. almost no play in Highlander, um, which is a shame because it's a sweet card. Mm. Um, it's from the M14 um, Colorhoser cycle. Um, this is in the period where Green always got the incredibly bad card in Colorhoser cycles and not Veil vale of Summer. <laughs> um so it's a 3-3 three, three for 3, uh, so it's, you know, it's a trained armadon, like 2
1: mm-hmm. green
0: and 1. Um, it's got hexproof, that's pretty good. Um, yep. And whenever an opponent casts a blue or black spell during a turn, put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on it. So, you know, it's, it's one of those cards that is kind of cool, almost interesting, um, but the problem is your blue opponent's probably just going to counter it
1: yeah that was that's the interesting thing about uh troll ascetic you know how they often have this kind of three mana three something hex proof creature with some kind of abilities attached to it and witch stalker kind of fit that role and it looked really good and then you realize that it doesn't play out the way that you want to and thrun is just always better right you just always can spend the extra mana to say well i need to do this against blue so if i'm doing it against blue it has to be uncounterable.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, There was. uh, Oh, what was the name of the stag that is similar?
1: Yeah, Great Sable Stag, I think it was. Yeah. Three three drop, three three. And it has some, you know, anti blue, anti black abilities. Well, it
0: it just can't be counted and has protection from memory. Yeah, so it's. It doesn't get big, but
1: it's kind of more efficient at what it does. But it's not a dog, so we don't like it today. Yeah, Not today, that's what you say to the great sable <laughs> stag Not today <laughs> Also, I look at Witchstalker and I say Not today with that art The art is horrible It's atrocious we Its head is just the, the wrong size <laughs> um. <laughs> When you see it if, if people were at home Just google Witchstalker, one word uh, For this, this doggo And I was going to say it was a good boy uh, But um, I don't know when boy. I look at the art It's a very weird boy for sure
0: it's not... Um, if you if you showed that art to someone and asked them to tell you what creature type it was, I'm not convinced they would come to wolf.
1: Yeah. Mm. yeah I would say beast, right? It yeah. looks like some kind of beast mutant. Beast,
0: it's got kind of a very boar kind of look to it. Anyway. Um,
1: hmm. So that's our category of uh, wolves. So obviously that naturally leads to the next category, right? Yeah. Which has wolf in it? It's werewolves,
0: yeah. And there are a number and of werewolves th- that are very good in Highlander.
1: Mm, um, mm, absolutely. So, shall we talk about the the best one? I guess. The, the best one is Huntmaster of the Fells. We'll talk yeah. about it on first. Yes. So yeah. Huntmaster of the Fells, um, or Huntmaster of the Feels, Uh <laughs> it... <laughs> where well, that's... Yeah, you, you know that feel when your opponent plays it and just gets maximum value. Like, I know that feel. I just wish I was on that side of the table right now. <laughs> uh, Huntmaster of the Fells is a good boy when it flips, but when it doesn't flip, it's a human... And uh, I'm going to go off... Actually, I'll just let you tell it, because I was going to go off memory, but you are the red-green avatar, right? <laughs>
0: so it is actually uh, it is a good boy on its front side as well, because on the front side, it's a human werewolf. Oh, um, yes, okay. I'm, I'm like 98% sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's a human werewolf um, on the front side, and it's two and a red and a green for a 2-2. Uh, and when it comes into play you get a 2-2 two, two green wolf and 2 life um, this card's already like that's already pretty good because uh, it stabilizes you incredibly well against a lot of aggressive decks because you get a bit of a life buffer you get a couple of blockers mm-hmm. um, and they basically have to use removal against the hunt master because at the beginning of each upkeep if no spells were cast last turn transform hunt master of the fells so the standard uh, werewolf text mm-hmm. um And then the backside is uh, a 4-4 with Trample. And when it transforms, called Ravager of the Fells, and when it transforms into Ravager of the Fells, it deals two damage to target opponent and two damage to up to one target creature that player controls. And Mm. if two or more spells are cast during a turn, it transforms back and gives you two life and a wolf and starts the cycle again. Um,
1: So So it's it's basically sometimes value engine, sometimes beat stick, All times, good boy.
0: Oh, all times, you know, best boy. Um, (laughs) Because games against decks that have a a relevant target for the um, uh, deal two damage, like if you get to make a 2-2, gain two life, deal them two to the face, kill one of their creatures, oh, that's just a disgusting amount of value. Um, Mm -mm. almost makes you feel
1: like you're a blue player or something (laughs) I love it I love it It, so it sees, in in terms of uh, the play that Huntmaster of the Fells sees uh, it sees quite uh, enough ubiquitous play within uh, or close to ubiquitous play within uh, value-based decks that I would say it is a staple and one that one, that you would like to own if you do have an opportunity to, to get a copy at some point. Um, it sees play in uh, Jund, so just value Jund, which you'll see a lot uh, from the Toowoomba crew. Uh, it sees play in uh, pod decks, so things like Jund Pod um, or Rug Pod or Four Colour Pod. Uh because you can pod it along your chain. A lot of the time your four drop in your pod chain is kind of strange because you usually want them to stick around like a, you know, a questing beast or something like that. much of the Fells fits really, really nicely there. Um, I've had some success with it in just mid range alone where you just, uh, you know, like uh, rug mid range alone. Um, and I've dabbled with it as like a control type card but it's pretty hard to kind of fit there. Um, but nonetheless, I would say that if you don't have a copy of Huntmaster Fells, pick one up. Experiment with it. It's probably seen in a lot of cubes as well. It's just yeah. a quite a good example of what Red Green does uh, when it wants to either gain value, be aggressive, or do both. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, another good so one the other I've seen, card. Uh, oh, yep. A reasonable amount of play is
1: um, Duskwatch Recruiter. Mm, yeah Um, Duskwatch recruiter is really really sweet i pulled up its text because i remember the card vaguely (laughs) uh you know i'm always like it's a two minor two two and then it's got some kind of ability about getting creatures and then it flips which is does nothing is which is irrelevant right (laughs) but i can't i couldn't remember it so i pulled it up so it is a, a two minor two two it's green and a colorless for a human warrior werewolf uh it has an activated ability two and a green Uh, look at the top three cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. So fantastic uh, mana sync. And the reason that I've seen it so much is in uh, basically any deck where you're playing Chord of Calling, you're probably playing Duskwatch Recruiter. Not not guaranteed, but you probably are. Um, Reasons being... Uh, if you're playing Court of Calling, you're often the type of deck that has a combo in it, a creature-based combo, and you can play, you know, Spike Feeder and uh Archangel of Thune or the Malira package. You know, you can you can definitely find ways to combo with your creatures, and Duskwatch Recruiter uh, sets up your combos really nicely as yet another way to find pieces. But the main thing is. Those decks that have Court of Calling almost always generate large amounts of mana. If they generate large amounts of mana, when you draw Duskwatch Recruiter and you play it, if they don't spell Snare that creature, they're going to get you know two, three activations. They might even get another whole turn cycle of activations before you get a removal spell for it, and they just fill their hand as if they had just tutored uh, for a bunch of creatures, and amongst them. Whether they win by combo or not, they are going to be able to outvalue you. So that's essentially the most relevant parts of its text. However, it does have another side because it's a werewolf. So it has the generic werewolf text, which is, At the beginning of each upkeep, if no spells were cast last turn, transform Duskwatch Recruiter. Very much like Huntmaster of the Fells. On the other side, you get Kralen Horde Howler. So Kralen Horde Howler is a 3-3. It says creature spells you cast cost one less to cast. Now, if you are living the dream, obviously it it flips back like usual werewolf text um, when someone uh, casts two or more spells. Uh, The main thing here is that if you play its front half... It's uh, very, very synergistic with the back half. So you had a bunch of mana, you activated a bunch of times to get a, a couple of creatures, then it flips, and then on the other side you get to deploy all those creatures really, really quickly. And that is so good for a 2-drop. It's just a 2-mana two 2-2. Two, two. That's perfectly, yeah. like, it's not good, but it's perfectly fine. It's not like, you, you would you should be seeing like a, it as a 2-mana 1-2. Or a two mana, or a three mana, two three, you know these these types of stats. But instead, it's just like a perfectly fine bear, which you know sometimes does a job of just turning sideways and killing your opponent. Yeah, that's right. That's right. What do we have next on the list of werewolves?
0: Um, so the next two are ones which I wouldn't expect to see as often, but there's you know they're kind of playable. Um, so the first one is Reckless Waif, which is one red for a one one uh, that usual werewolf transform turns into a 3-2 that must attack each turn, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the beginning, so I was saying, oh, you know, it's kind of like a Red Delver of Secrets. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Red mm-hmm. Wishes.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> we the, hope, right? Yeah, the problem against, is, Specifically against a control deck, it's, it's it kind might of be to a Delver of Secrets. Like, <laughs>
0: the, the problem is, even against a control deck, you often can't transform it in the first two or three turns because they'll have like a brainstorm or mm. something they can cast on your turn. Um, and then you're attacking with a 1-1 one, one, and then the the text must attack each turn if able is vastly worse than most drawback text you commonly see on creatures. Like, <laughs> it's not as obvious. I've seen lots of people try and play, um, Maniac, which is, oh, yeah. uh, one red mana, or well, sorry, one red or green hybrid. Um, so one mana 2-1 that must attack each turn if able, um. It's garbage. You should never mm. play it uh, because your opponent is eventually going to have a creature that they want to trade with it, and you might not want to trade it off, or they might just have a three toughness creature, in which case you are just mm. discarding a card um, and not getting sweet wild mongrel value out of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just not very good. Um, mm. And Mayor of Aberbrook is one I experimented with because there is there is a lot of it's a wolf slash werewolf lord. And there's a lot of random wolf-generating stuff in red and green, um, some of which we'll oh, yeah. talk about in a minute. Um, and I don't know the Textile Mare of
1: Averbrook well enough. No, it's, it's kind of like a human lord and a werewolf lord. Yeah, or yeah. So Squished up is, into it, one card.
0: A, its front half is a 1-1 one, one that gives humans plus 1 plus 1. It's a human advisor werewolf. Um, okay, yep, advisor tribal. You can pair it with Leopold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: <Yep. laughs> the greatest of the advisors.
0: <laughs> um, and very on theme, well, Leovold, Leopold, you know, similar.
1: Yeah, that's right. I, 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 kid you not, how many times I have accidentally, you know, uh, been playing magic Or playing if someone's over playing magic, and you're like, I'll cast Leovold, or Leopold's really good, and then Leopold just kind of looks up. <laughs> it's like, like his, it his ears perk up. It's, did you did you say me? Yeah. <laughs> and the back
0: half is. Uh, instead of being a human lord, it's a werewolf lord, so it gives werewolves and wolves plus one plus one. And at the beginning of your end step, just makes a wolf. Um, mm. So it's it's an interesting kind of go wide donk. Um, but the front half, unlike um, uh, Dustwatch Recruiter, where the front half is perfectly serviceable, um, in this one you really need it tr- to transform, or you're not um, in general getting a lot out
1: of it. I think there's decks like it. that five color humans deck that can yeah look. support support the card, um, but there's that's probably like the best shell for it. Yeah. Uh, but it'd be it'd be really nice to see uh, if people want to brew like a werewolves deck for Highlander because I think we've just covered a whole bunch of uh, quite playable uh, wolves here.
0: Yeah, yeah, and there's one more um, which I'd forgotten to put on the list and remembered while we were talking, um, and. Uh, my autocorrect kept trying to change the first word in its name. So it's Kissing Prowler, which my autocorrect kept trying to type as Kissing Prowler,
1: which is a a much different thing. (laughs) That's that's kind of predatory and not ideal.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, this card is quite predatory, um, so I guess it fits. So its front half is one green mana for a 2-1. Perfectly serviceable. Not the most exciting Mm -hmm. thing in the world. Um, And then you can play four and a green to transform it. So this is from the era where... uh, you know, Emricle was wrecking uh, in a straight up because wizards didn't have a good story idea. Um <laughs> savage. And you paid mana to transform werewolves rather than um, just having people not cast spells. Um, and the back half is Sinuous Predator, so you know it does kind of go with um, Kissing Prowler, um, <laughs> which, which <Awkward>. is <laughs> yeah, a little bit, um, which is an Eldrazi werewolf, and it can't be blocked by more than one creature. Um, and it's a four-four when it transforms. So,
1: looking at its art, it looks like it should have reach or something. It seems to be kind of loping through the vines, trees, swinging through branches. Yeah, and, like.
0: and it's also got at like at least three heads.
1: Mm, um, interesting.
0: And a lot of tentacles. It's, I mean, as with all of those transformed cards, the theme is
1: tentacles. Tentacle. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, so yeah, okay. So like, uh, you know, aggressive one drop that can be upgraded in the late game yeah. or when you top deck it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. It's,
0: um, it's a solid Playable. beta.
1: Um, so the last category is things that make uh, tokens related to this thing. So maybe we could say I think uh, they all good make boy generators. Tokens. Okay, well, we'll call them Good Boy Generators today, then. <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? The f- why? I think the first Good Boy Generator is actually uh, one of your favourites.
0: Yeah. Um, so the first one is Arlen Kord. Uh So Arlen Cord is a planeswalker. Um, she's four mana, so two are red and a green. Um, God, am I going to be able to remember this text? It's very unlikely I can remember all of this text, which is awkward because my copy is in, I think, Russian. <laughs>
1: I know I do see it in your lists a lot, but you probably only activate the specific yeah, you know, those specific modes that it has. I, I mostly remember it. So the so
0: the first ability, which is actually the one I use the most, is it gives a creature plus two plus two. So plus one. I think she starts with three loyalty. Yeah, three loyalty. So plus one, give a creature plus two, plus two, and vigilance and haste. Um, wow, okay. Which is a That's... very good ability. It's particularly good with Glorybringer.
1: Oh, no. Vigilance on Glorybringer? <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's, it's also just generically disgusting. good that it just
0: makes all your creatures giant and attack immediately and also be able to block. Like, it's so good in a race. Um, it's
1: actually I'm ridiculous. so interested that that is the part that you use the most because when I when I read the text, I just assumed it was going to be used for, you know, getting value. And do in sometimes. reality, it's actually... It, it, uh, now that you, you've you expressed it that way, I realise how incredibly powerful that is. You know, yeah. the fact that every card you draw now has haste and is big. Yeah. L- you know, you just draw that 2-1 and it's a 4-3. Yeah, that's And right. it's ready to block as well if you needed to, if you needed to, like, change the tide of battle. Yeah. That's, that's quite impressive. So, and on the front, her other ability is 0,
0: make a wolf, transform. Um, yeah. So, two abilities on the front. On the back half... Um, because she's kind of a werewolf planeswalker. Um, her abilities are plus one, creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and trample until end of turn. So that's when you've you know built up a couple of wolves or whatever and you want to go wide. Um, mm-hmm. You've got that ability. Uh, minus one, uh, lightning bolt something and transform back to the front half. Nice. Uh, and minus six, and I've used this I think once... Um, creatures you control Get Tap Deal damage Equal to their power To any target
1: Oh Interesting So they kind of do that You know Wolf Fight thing That that kind of thematic They like the, They like wolves Kind of fighting other things or Yeah Getting yeah, yeah. up to fight stuff um, So Nice and obviously, uh, if you do
0: that and you've got sort of any board presence, the game is immediately over because that makes sense. your creatures just murder all the other creatures in play and then your opponent not long after.
1: As a side note, I really, really like this style of Planeswalker design. You know, when yeah. you when when people are like, you know, hankering to get the next Oko or the next Jason Mine Sculptor of its time and, you know, they're kind of excited for that. At the end of the day, they really, really don't, Make for good magic, but when you have a good deck building, when you have a card like Arlen Cord, it's built in such a way that if you optimize it, it will be a powerhouse in your deck. If you optimize it in this kind of red, green, uh, aggro slash mid range shell where you can leverage the mid range element of it, you can leverage the aggressive side of it, um, and if you just chucked it into a random control deck, it would be you know probably pretty bad if not actively bad but pretty bad um and it's it's not going to see ubiquitous play it's going to be in very specific decks when people actively optimize that particular card and you get a lot of diversity in gameplay because one person's playing the island chord in their deck and another person's playing a different version of Jace that involves, say, milling for their theme or another version, yeah. another deck wants to optimise a particular kind of Jace that both people draw cards with or, you know, these types of these types of effects. So, so I really like this design and I hopefully I, we don't get any many more Okos, we get more of this type of uh, Planeswalker.
0: I'm the same. I mean, as we were talking about when we were doing the um, M21 set review, mm-hmm. um... I like the new Teferi because he's a little bit shit. Um, mm. Like, I can see it being playable, but it's not one of these cards that you're just, as soon as it resolves, his opponent just, you know, packs up their cards
1: and goes home because yep.
0: there's nothing else that's going to happen.
1: Um, yeah. So the, the next card, next me? one is a is a uh, great planeswalker you picked out here, um, and and I like how you titled it Garrick who flips because when I when I read that I, I thought <laughs> Garrick who flips it sounds like an actual magic card name you know like Besaidu <laughs> who shelters all you know I, it feels like this is the Garrick that visited Kamigawa <laughs> it's just called Garrick who flips, um, but well, and this is Garrick relentless it's um
0: it's Garrick when he's Breaking Bad because you know I am the one mm. who flips.
1: <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so, uh Garrett Relentless. I have played many a Garrett Relentless in my time. I really, really love this card. Um, there's some reasons why I'm not currently playing it uh based on the metagame, but let me tell you about you know how how great this Garrett is. It's four mana, three and a green makes it eminently castable in with the uh, uh multicolor decks. Uh three loyalty, if it, ha- it has a static ability, if it has two or fewer loyalty, transform him. So as long as he's got three loyalty or greater, he's got these two abilities. Zero, three damage to target creature, and then that creature deals damage to him. So that's your one general way of making him flip around. Kill a two-power creature. Uh, or zero, put a 2-2 two, two green wolf token into play. So uh, he makes good boys, which is excellent. Now, when he flips... so. This is the usual scenario. You you play him, you kill target Snapcaster Mage. He goes to one loyalty. The board is clear, but he's now flipped and he's var- uh, Garrick the Veilcursed. Uh, three abilities. Plus one, put a uh, one, one bad boy into play. Uh, this is a black wolf creature token with death touch. Naughty, naughty. Um, and then another one is minus one. Sacrifice a creature. If you do, search your library for a creature card, reveal it, put it into your hand and shuffle your library. And then minus three, creatures you control gain trample and get plus X plus X until end of turn where X is a number of creature cards in your graveyard. So this suite of abilities is just fantastic. Uh, if you look at the front half, which is zero make a wolf or zero three damage and fight him, uh, you can, against a control deck, play Garrick as a four mana enchantment that creates a good boy every turn. That's, that is really, really a great way to beat a control deck. Um, on the other hand, in a creature battle, you, let's say you're playing a mid-range mirror, you play it, you stall the board because you've got a couple of creatures, they've got a couple of creatures, but this is going to help you uh, break that stall because it comes out, kills a Lanoir Elves, goes to two loyalty, flips over to Cursed, and then every turn you either make a few bad boys which stop them from being able to ever attack you because they've got death touch or you alternate between make a bad boy sacrifice a bad boy make a bad boy sacrifice a bad boy and that means every turn every second turn you're you're finding a uh, creature in your deck and these creatures can include you know questing beast titania like really really great ways to just absolutely destroy your opponent or yeah, Thrag Tusk, you just totally stall the game. Or you find Malira and Murderous Redcap. And, you know, you just find these ways to just win the game. Um, if you don't find a way to win the game, what you do is you go, uh, so we're in a board stall, I play Garrett Relentless, I kill your Lanowite Elves, he flips over us a two, uh each turn from there I make a bad boy, well let's make two bad boys, three bad boys, and then we go minus three and all my creatures get, say, plus six, plus six, because it's a mid-range mirror, and trample, and you just swing for the win. It's it's such a great four-mana Planeswalker. Uh, I've, I've just be- played it so many times, and I absolutely love it. The only reason I'm not playing at the moment is because... Uh, as of this podcast, uh, rug is pretty much the best color combination to be in, and that means everyone has access to lightning bolt effects. and And three loyalty uh, coming down as your committed four drop is really, really, really risky to get it just chain lightning after out of the gates. Um, but when red isn't the dominant color in control and mid range and aggro and like every every deck. Um, as the metagame shifts, Garrett Relentless will see more play again. You know, when you're playing these Junk Mirrors, the Rock Mirrors, you know, this is a fantastic card.
0: Yeah. Now, our next one is Master of the Hunt. And uh, I don't recommend I, you ever play this card.
1: Right. Well, I as soon as you type, you said Master of the Hunt and asked me if I remember it. I immediately thought it was master of the wild hunt and yeah, that's a good then part. i read the line below and it says master of the wild hunt <laughs> so, so I, obviously it's a different card and the reminder
0: text on scryfall so it's uh, two green and two for a two two um mm-hmm. it's from <laughs> legends it's, its original type is uh, master it was someone master it's from legends <laughs> okay um and for the low low price of two and a green oh sorry 2 and 2 green, um, create a 1-1 wolf green wolf creature token named Wolves of the Hunt. It has bands with other Wolves of the Hunt. <laughs> and the reminder text for that is any creatures named Wolves of the Hunt can attack in a band as long as at least one has bands, of the hun- uh, bands with other creatures named Wolves of the Hunt. Bands are blocked as a group. If at least two creatures named Wolves of the Hunt you control, one of which has bands with other creatures named Wolves of the Hunt, are blocking or being blocked by the same creature, you divide that creature's combat damage, not its controller, amongst any creatures of the creatures it's being blocked by or is blocking. Um, <laughs> okay. So, all of well, you out there might have heard that, you know, banding is this overly complex ability that isn't that good, although it is actually very good when you're on the defensive. Like, it's attacking through a blocking band is incredibly hard.
1: Um, bands It's, it's with basically only good in drafting, right? Like, in draft, it is busted. Banding is insane. Oh, look,
0: the problem <laughs> with banding is all the creatures that it's ever been put on are overcosted. Um, Like, if you had modern design era cards with banding put on them, there would probably be at least one that everyone hated. Um, yeah. <laughs> but bands with other is a much, 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 much worse version of the same ability. Because... Hmm. You can only band with other things with the same banding ability. You can't just band with what, like, you can't team up your um, your Timberwolves and your Tarmogoyf and have all the damage go to your Timberwolves. No, no,
1: no, no, no. Uh, and it's you they know can the, only band one with It's like band with legends and then band with Wolves of the Hunt, and the two of them can't band with each other.
0: Correct. Um, <laughs> and when you've got band with blue legends and band with white legends, you can only band with other things that also have. That plus one. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, okay. Or maybe it's at least one. I don't know. Anyway.
0: Yeah, well, it's, it's just an overly
1: complicated way of saying this card is bad. Oh, it's, but it's so bad. It, it, let's say that it's band's ability. Let's just say that, that that is moot because it's too complicated to even discuss <laughs> in the last part of a podcast. Um, but let's say that it's a four mana 2-2 two, two, that... Makes uh, that has an activated ability of four make make a a one-one. Still not Uh, That's not good. (laughs) But I will say it's it's got a redeeming feature, and that is uh, go and Google the art for Master of the Hunt. The art has three good boys in it. Not one, not two, but three good boys. Those are
0: whoever did this art. Did not know what the difference between wolves
1: and uh, just dogs was. <laughs> some kind of some kind of a dog.
0: <laughs> it, it's you know one of those large, shaggy. It, it, it looks like the kind of dog that if you are in a Disney movie, you might get turned into.
1: Yeah. Oh, you're so right. You are so right. Um, this is um, this, if, if you if you look at the art, um, you will notice that. These don't look like predatory wolves <laughs> of the hunt Out to go and hunt for blood And to gang up together to fight things can, They look like they want to come over and cuddle you And you give them lots of pats You roll around with them because they're so cute and cuddly yeah. Just just look master of the hunt It is it is a very, very cute You can actually uh,
0: see the front dog has its tongue lolling out the side of its mouth <laughs> Oh, that's amazing.
1: I think the art direction was—they were sending this um, <laughs> art to Jeff A. Mengus, and they said, you know, put a picture of a master, and he's got some, um, got some, got some wolves with him. And <laughs> yeah. either, maybe the the brief just didn't say that these are you know predatory animals. <laughs> maybe he just kind of interpreted Oh, they're wolves, but they're friendly. They're out. You know, it's a green card, so it means or, friendly things. Or it might have just been one of those
0: situations where they have art that was intended for another card and the art for this card fell through and then it's like, this is close. You know, Yeah, whatever, yeah. we'll live with it. So Master In of contrast. the Wild Hunt um, <laughs> is a good card instead. Um, well, it's kind of fallen out of favour at the moment. It's a four mana 3-3. Three, three. At the beginning of your upcreep, your up creep at the beginning of your upkeep create a <laughs> that's two, like there's grade
1: creep there's power creep there's up creep <laughs> yeah create
0: a 2-2 green wolf creature token so that's already kind of okay um and then mm-hmm. you can tap the master of the wild hunt to tap all untapped wolf creatures you control each wolf tapped this way deals damage equal to its power to target creature uh and then that creature fights back so basically all your wolves mob their uh gristlebrand and gristlebrand kills a couple of them in response um mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I I really like Master of the Wild Hunt. I have not played it outside of cube. Um, but I I like it just uh, on so many levels. But power level is fine. Like, yeah. It's definitely not bad. That that is decent power level. Um but just the flavor that they've got there where yeah. every you've got this master and he's hanging out in this forest and basically every few minutes another wolf Howls and the next one kind of arrives from the forest. So they all start to gang up together, and then he holds his hand forth. He points at something, and then all the wolves just mob that that um, creature. And just the the flavor is amazing. Look at the art. Um, if you look at the two arts side by side, Master of the Wild Hunt is obviously a fixed version of Master of the Hunt. the The throwbacks are you know huge. They've done a fantastic job of of really, um, you know, channeling the same principles of the card and even the same art direction. But they've taken out the good boys and they've put some pretty fierce, scary-looking wolves in it.
0: Yeah, for sure. So our last <laughs> two cards aren't dogs at all uh, in terms of creature types. Um, one of them mm-hmm. is not a creature, so has no creature types. Um, but, you know, they're they're close enough um Mm, mm. so the first one is hazaret the fervent uh not as the amonka invocation might have you confused hazaret the pervert um Uh, really oh have you never
1: seen this i i clearly i missed that is it is it a typo or some such no it's just that the font oh it's the way that you read the oh no yeah yeah oh that is terrible yeah, that's uh, that's a that uh, they didn't proof that. <laughs> <laughs> so Hazaret,
0: Uh yeah. Look, this is another one where you should just go. Wow, off, that's
1: it's so bad. Just, I, I can't believe I've never seen that
0: Amunka um, invocation. And convince yourself that the first letter after the word the is an F because it sure looks like a P. Mm. Um. And the N that's looks awkward. like an R. Anyway, Hazarit's a four mana five four uh, God, uh, but with the face of a dog or a jackal, probably. But, yeah, you know, it fits. Yeah, extremely
1: it, dog adjacent face. Um, on by by day? He's beating face, and by night he's a good boy.
0: Yeah, that's right. Um, or she, I think. Oh, is it she? Yeah, I think, I'm pretty sure Hazaret is a uh, yep female character. Just got in the to story. Google that. Um, Hazaret is indestructible and has haste. Um, can't attack unless or block unless you have one or fewer cards in hand. So this is that Heckbend ability we were talking about before. Um, and two and a red, discard a card. Hazaret deals two damage to each opponent. Uh, Hazaret is a card that's really, really strong in yeah. highly aggressive decks. Uh, I have been playing it in Zoo since it was suggested to me by, I think, Barb? Um, oh, yes. Yep. And, yeah, look, Zoo and various mono-red burn decks are the kind of decks that want to have an empty hand pretty early in the game anyway. Um, mm. I've had Hazret in play tapped and attacking as early as turn two, although that wow. obviously requires, <laughs> I think... A soul ring or... <laughs> or something. Um, okay, right, right. Uh, I think I've done it twice. Once uh, I just had, you know, the complete nuts... Um, and another time, my opponent had duressed me on turn Ooh. two and they'd chosen to take a garden. I'd ripped Hazaret and just. Anyway. Um, wow. yeah. It's, oh, that is rough. It's exactly the kind of threat you want uh, as your sort of top end in an aggro deck. It's got haste, it's very difficult for most decks to deal with. Um, if you get into a board stall, you can just start pitching lands at their face. Um, mm.
1: She is fantastic. Um, Yeah, she's definitely killed me a couple of times before. So uh, I haven't played Hazard, but uh, that's that's one beast right there. Um, So the last card is Kessig Wolf Run. Now, Kessig Wolf Run is a land. Uh, It has a, I guess maybe you could call it a good boy in the background there in the art. Um, This wolf is kind of stalking forward. Now, when it rushes at you, though, that's the scary part, because this land taps for one Wingdings or a Colorless, but you can pay X a green and a red, tap it, i.e. tap the Kessig Wolfrun land, target creature gets plus X plus zero and gains Trample until end of turn. Uh, this is just a fantastic way to close games. Um, I'm sure that you've played the fair end of the spectrum, where you put the Kessig Wolf Run just in a red-green deck. Um, for me, I've played it in... Uh, in decks where you have uh, Knight of the Reliquary, and you know you've got say a um, the ability to win the game in a combo esque fashion, where you've got your knight, you're using it to pull out you know uh, uh, Dark Depths and Thespian Stage that type of stuff, but you can also just pull out Kessig Wolf Run out of nowhere. You just attack with literally anything and because you're a lands uh combo deck you've just generated so much value off life from the loam that you have so many lands out you just tap it activate it and just trample them for 12 13 damage whatever lethal is it's a uh, really cool and you, cool you can also set
0: up situations um in lands where you've got the fast bond crucible orb combo going and you just mm-hmm. generate an enormous amount of I mean you gain infinite life or an unboundedly large amount of life which is usually enough to get people to concede but if not you can just go all right uh this elf this whatever is uh got 40 million power and trample so yep um yeah it's it's real good and look not that it's what i would describe as a good boy and i wouldn't uh recommend people go and look at the art because it's it's just not good But it would be remiss of me not to mention uh, the card that we've talked about the art of probably most on this podcast, Cathar's Companion, which is a dog, but has kind of a horrifying (laughs) human face.
1: Um. (laughs) Back in the box. That's enough of that one. We don't need to see that one ever again Uh, with that horrifying art. (laughs) Yeah, basically, basically. (laughs) Definitely not a good boy.
0: Uh, And that's uh, our episode. Sav, I think you wanted to just say something?
1: Yeah. So uh, this is this brings us to the end of our episode that is dedicated to Leopold, my dog. Um, so Leopold's been with us for about uh, 12 years now, um, but he's got many, many uh, long years left ahead of him of a uh, happy life and, and a comfortable life. Um, he did encounter a very uh, traumatic experience, and traumatic experience also for my partner. Um, and he was he was uh, attacked in a dog park, uh, and he in- sustained some very, very serious injuries. Um the good news is not to, not to make everyone at home feel worried about that. The good news is that uh, his major surgeries went very well. As mentioned at the early part of the episode, uh, he is uh, on the road to recovery. Um, and hopefully he will be back to balking in the background of these uh, podcast episodes when he gets his, um, his energy back. Um, so when when this happened, uh, we had an original quote from the emergency vet of probably being about ten thousand dollars in terms of all of his surgeries um, a number of a series of surgeries that uh, had to take place um, as well as extended vet uh, stays because he can't be dis- discharged he had to be monitored based on all the drugs he was on and, and the recovery until he was clear to go. Um, and so, when when that happened, we basically thought we're going to take it on the chin. Um, you know, it's uh, we, we did our best to to just you know uh, find a way to secure the funds. Thankfully, because of uh, COVID, it's the only time you'll ever say thankfully and COVID in the same sentence. Uh, we hadn't gone on our planned holidays, so we had a little bit of funds in the bank uh, to be able to use to pay for some of the initial. Uh, things um and then we we were just kind of racking our brains so we just did our best to um to uh, raise the funds by uh jen and jen and uh, jen has a bunch of commander staples and um i've got uh, obviously my my uh, eternal collection and i just uh uh you know, worked. We worked together to liquidate all of all of the stuff that we didn't we didn't uh, think were our essentials. We, uh, you know, kept kept the favorite commander deck or two. Uh, I kept my Highlander staples, which thankfully Highlander is a uh, the playset is one of. So I went anything that I have more than one of, it is not essential. Leopold is essential. Anything that's uh, that's uh, not essential that that can go. And you know, the next step was like you know, sell power, sell stuff that you know can can uh, raise the funds Um, and so uh, we did a really really good job we managed to uh, raise uh, uh, pretty much all of that um, you know via our holiday fund and uh, our magic stuff liquidating magic magic cards Um, it's always it's always um, good to know how privileged you are because in that kind of situation when if someone else was in that position and they were on the breadline they'd have to make very 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 difficult decisions about their animals and we were just kind of really lucky that you know of, of all things magic, thankfully, when you buy cards, they retain value in just on average in, in general. Um, and I thought, like, if, if we can't raise it, uh, raise all of it by selling, selling all of this stuff, then, you know, there's, there's power that can be sold, which won't be a problem. Um, uh, as long as we can pay for Leopold. Uh, we, so we, we kind of took it on the chin and went, okay, we can, we can do this. But then the final vet, uh, bill came in and the actual total, uh, ended up close to 15,000. Um, and it was kind of a position that, you know, we, we, the, the last thing we really wanted to do was, you know, put, put pressure on the community. And we hadn't really thought to ourselves that that was something that we would turn to. But, um, once we were posting about Leopold's recovery, people were basically asking on Facebook, they were saying like, where can I help? What can, what can I do? Uh, and they, they just said like, create, create a, a GoFundMe. And so we did it. We, we thought look. Um, we've put we've maxed out the credit card. We do do what we can to um, to make it work, but it is probably at the time where we we went okay. I guess I guess we'll call on the community, and we were just absolutely astounded by the outpouring of support. It was um, it's been fantastic. The um, we we kind of said look, as long as we can raise the stuff. Beyond what we were we were able to kind of raise ourselves just by selling stuff. You know, Jen put a guitar up for sale, and you know she had she had a spare guitar, um, and we went, look, we've we've got our we've got this ten thousand. If we can raise the remainder, uh, that that would be fantastic. And um, pretty pretty much within about. Uh, a week or so um so many generous people had just kind of come out from our friendship group from the magic community from you know uh, people that had just heard leopold's story and um we the kick the the gofundme ended up i think it's at around three thousand Nine hundred or something along those lines. Um, so we are just so thankful for the community for coming together for that. It was it's really really helped uh, us be able to to afford everything, which is just absolutely brilliant. Um, We will put a link to that where you can read the story of Leopold, but there is absolutely no pressure whatsoever for anyone to, to donate. It's solely if you happen to be in a position where you would like to, uh, contribute some, uh, financial, you know, funds to this, uh, this GoFundMe, but, uh, that is that's not our intent if you just want to share his story there might be other people uh, who you know are in that kind of um, position where they are able to uh, make a donation um, but we all know that it's a very very tough time everyone has been hit by covid very diff- very hard um, people are in positions where they don't know if they they have their job after a certain time or whether they're going to be able to return to their job with covid especially for the for our friends in the states um, but if you are interested and if it is, is something uh, that you'd like to support financially uh, then we absolutely thank you. If you'd like to support in principle, then just keeping Leopold in your thoughts. Um, you know, this is, this is something that means a lot to us. Uh, there's so many people that are just absolutely rooting for him and just thinking about Leopold and, you know, that collective, um, positivity and that energy and, you know, giving, giving a thumbs up on his Facebook or uh, on the Facebook thread, um, you know, a love heart, that kind of thing. These, these mean a lot of, a lot to us and to Leopold himself, even if he can't, you know, speak the same language, he can feel that, that sensation of care. So, um, if you, if you would like to read a story, we'll um, pop a link to that uh, in the show notes.
0: Cool. Uh, and with that, we're done. So uh, the usual, etc. cetera. Um, you can find us on Patreon uh, at patreon.com slash HighlanderCast, um, where we mostly just post links to the episode, uh, but you can ask us questions, you can request or suggest episode topics, that sort of thing. Um, You can find us on Twitter at uh, at HighlanderCast or at the HighlanderCast. Um, On Facebook, again, there's this fairly common theme. Um, There's a Facebook page for the HighlanderCast, so you can find us there. Um, There's also a Facebook group just for the format in general and a Discord. Uh, The Discord is reasonably active. Uh, You often have people playing online there, either webcam games or on... You know, Moto or similar, Um, and you can find people play games there against you know most evenings and indeed most days and way way into the morning, Um, and that's us. So I'll put a bunch of those links in the etc. and we'll talk to you next time.
1: Awesome! Thanks, fans, for collating this list of very very good boys. (laughs) Uh, Thanks to everyone who uh, bought. Uh, our cards from our collection thanks to everyone who's uh, helped donate uh, no matter how small to leopold thanks to everyone who has shared leopold's story and helped it get out there and thanks for everyone who's um, been just keeping leopold and ourselves uh, in your thoughts thank you